Hey guys, you're listening to Butterfly Road, where we talk everything sport and mental health. I'm Jenny McGowan, joined by Carrie Ricaro, and it's time to get mentally naked. Because I'm not. I don't really know what we're talking about today. This is just like a good, like, was that me? Did you hear that? Was that me? See how loud it is? It was like a fire truck. That was a scary, that was a really scary sound. It's like on the highway. Like, unlucky. If that happens, I'll say sorry to the family. I've been in a really big true crime, law and order, that type of stuff. I'm like in that phase right now. So does everything scare you more when you're like... A little bit. I'm just like more intrigued because I'm interested to like if there's other possibilities like that could have been a truck or it sounded like a haunted ghost. Exactly. (laughs) When I watch Criminal Minds, have you ever seen that show? Yeah. I get like that. Like I'll be like practicing on the field by myself and I'll hear like the wind blow and I'll turn and be like, (laughs) someone's watching me. Like I, I think I told you how one time I called the cops because there was a man on the field. And it was just me and the man. And oh, I got yeah. so scared. I, that was like my you criminal did. mind. I literally called 911 and said, there's a man at the field watching. And they were like, okay. And I like walked to the car. Like they walked me to my car because I was so scared. But I was in criminal minds mode. Oh, no. I don't think that's overreacting at all. I'm oh, like okay. the biggest. I love podcasts. My favorite murder and crime junkie. And every single true crime podcast that I've listened to is always like, when you know, you know, like when you have that yeah, gut feeling, it, you don't mess yeah. around. I was and like, it's death or not. Yeah. <laughs> That's like if someone's like, can you help me bring my groceries to my car? At the I know store? they're gonna Hell put no. you. They're gonna put you in the trunk and kill you. Like. That's- <laughs> I like feeling no, but seriously, that's how it starts. It just takes one bad person. Yep. You and they reel you in with the old lady. (laughs) Don't you think every criminal has an old lady or like a young girl? Yeah. Yeah. I hate that. I hate I just started watching Criminal Minds again. So I'm like very this. Yeah, I love it. So I like I was telling Ryan, I I Google the um like grossest or scariest criminal minds episodes and then I'll just like watch those like it's really weird i'm like i just want the really good ones you know that is a little alarming i'm not gonna lie like did you see the one with the three young high school girls locked in that basement basically the killer was like only two of you survive pick one like now that's just like (laughs) so messed up i hate scenarios like that oh it was horrible horrible um i have a question for you we had this question of the day at our lift today usually we do like a question of the day and I started to like squeak my way into the friend group that like does the questions. And so today I <laughs> they just, weren't like, allowing you before. I just like wasn't fully <laughs> in it. I was not, I, I lived on the edge of like the group. So my platform's all the way to the right. So oh, I just, okay. like, kind of mosey my way into the middle. And I was like, oh, <laughs> let me answer from afar. So today's question was if you could go anywhere, actually Jess McDonald asked this. She said, if you could go anywhere in the world with two people, where and who? That's hard. It was so hard. Do you want me to say mine? Sure. I said... I don't know. I don't want to answer this. Oh, it's fun. I said I would want to go to Italy with Britney Spears and my future husband, whoever it is. 
oh, it's not like for real. It's oh, like no. literally it's anyone in the world. Fake. Yeah, you could pick anyone. Hmm. See, these are the type of questions that really reveal your character. And for some reason, I always pick the dumbest people and people probably think I'm so dumb. Pick two people then. I can't. There's so many good people out there. Oh, actually, I don't know why this. I'd probably go with Bobby and Messi and I'd go to Barcelona. <laughs> I, I kid you not. I would ask to go meet the team. Can I meet everyone on the team? <laughs> okay. I have always said so that's though. That's like great. A celebrity, yeah. and a significant other. That's that's the way. To okay. Go. Okay. That's not it bad. These are fun. Yeah, yeah. It was fun. <laughs> like Britney Spears. Oh, I always yes. dream about meeting Messi. He's like a god. Okay. Or when. Would you rather meet Messi and go out to lunch one time? Or have $2 million in your pocket? Well, mm. the $2 million would help. I would obviously invest it. I'd probably do the $2 million just to be responsible. Mm. So we now know where your heart really lies. So would you rather have $2 million in your pocket right now <laughs> or go out to lunch with Brittany? Yeah, that's tough. I think for I'd the rest that. of your life, you're going to be thinking about the $2 million you could have had. Unless we just had the best lunch ever. <laughs> Uh, whatevs. Well, it really got our brains stirring. I'm wondering, and I want to just like talk about how do you stay mentally in it all the time? How do you stay resilient? Are you the type of person that leans on other people or you do bottle up stuff? Everyone's really different. I feel like I've kind of developed new habits and patterns, but I feel like I do really have slip ups depending on how my days go. But I want to know how your slip ups, like how you handle yours in your job now, but also if you've learned anything from like being an athlete in the past as well. Like it's like an all encompassing umbrella of just resilience and like kind of staying mentally, continuing to pat yourself on the back when everything's going wrong for you. Like, what do you do or what have you done? The type of thing that you're trying to rebound from, like your reaction changes based off of if you have total control over that thing or if someone else is controlling it. I think that's what you were trying to say. During my time at Notre Dame playing college soccer, obviously there's going to be a couple times or lots of times where you know, you're either not getting playing time, you disagree with the coaches or the coach doesn't think you're playing well necessarily. And in a situation where it's not really in your control, the best things to focus on, and we say this all the time, but just controlling the things that you know you can control. Also, I think taking each day one at a time. That was the biggest thing is like when things get really tough, and especially now in the business world, soccer has really taught me, just put your head down, take things one day at a time. Things are going to change. The current state that you're in too, this was my, I should have organized my thoughts better. I it's had okay. like a I, couple I don't want it. I don't want it to be organized. I want it to be re real yeah. and raw. This is unedited, unplanned conversation today. There's a tendency to feel like when things are going wrong, you're going to be stuck in that state forever. But time and time again has shown that you always find a way to get yourself out of there. So being confident that you've been and hit rock bottoms before, and you can get out of a situation, you just, just have confidence in yourself. Um, and I think 
pulling from Lindsay's episode, let the negative thought flow through you. I think that's important. Second thing is to, what was I saying? There's a light at the end of the tunnel. Did I already say that? No. But like, don't always think that the things that you are experiencing are going to be your state for the rest of your life. You're going to get out of it. I'm sorry. That was such a long answer. No, no, that's good. You hit so many. Really? That I wrote on the bottom to like kind of circle back to at the end. You already hit half of them. So congratulations oh, yeah. to you. But I do have a question for you. So if you mess something up, let's say you blow a project at work. Do you think you personally have a future fear of failure moving forward in a similar project? Just like, oh my God, not this again. I I, I really messed it up last time. I'm like freaking out. Well, my answers are going to be different because, yeah, for both. Because I I, like, yeah, I think in soccer, it definitely caused me to fear like taking chances. If I was in a game and like had a right idea, but missed a pass or I don't know, you just made a mistake. And also because I'd like, I'm, I have perfectionist tendencies. So in order to minimize the amount of mistakes, I think to myself or would think to myself in the game, okay, let's try to make some safe passes mm-hmm. and just be composed and calm mm-hmm. things down, which works. But at the same time, I'm kind of disguising this feeling that like, I'm afraid to try to make like an amazing pass because I'm afraid it will fail and that'll be like my second. So it's kind of affecting my future decisions. And same thing with like being, you know, when you're playing and you feel like you're hot, like you're playing really well and you're just kind of like bouncing everywhere. Like that gives you confidence to like continue to take risks and do these things. Right. But so it works the other and way. The, well. Yeah. It's yeah. like a double-edged sword. Do you think you'd change it if you could go back? Let's say you like, it's hard though. How do you, it's how hard because how do you, if you make a bad pass, how are you like, oh my gosh, I want to try to make that exact same pass again, even though I just blew it. And the other team, well, scored. I think that's what separates the best players from just right. like the average. Like they know the idea can be amazing, it could just be a technique thing. Right. And so then they know, okay, like that was the right idea. Just try, like you need to get it there. Like clinical. Either way you look at it, it is an opportunity for growth. I think when you mess up, whether it's like technique or it was a really dumb idea on the field, either way, you're going to be like, I'm learning from this. I'm growing from this versus like, I suck. And I think that definitely does help. I do want to bring something up though. And it's funny that I'm just thinking about this now, but it's so relevant. There are all the, always these two notions in college that I would kind of battle with. And the first one would be, and all athletes hear this, like your coaches are constantly telling you to take risks and that making a mistake is okay. Even the best players in the world make mistakes. But then when you think about it, because that's what people would always say sometimes to try to alleviate my own anxiety or my performance anxiety, they would always be like, oh, people make mistakes. But the scale of that mistake is what determines your separation from someone else. Like I I never truly felt like it was okay for me to make a mistake. Any mistake I made, it bothered me to the point where it like increased my anxiety. Because if you give the ball away, then it's like, oh, well, I'm not good enough to make that pass. Exactly. And so there's this one notion, like you're saying that it makes you grow. That's how you become a better player. Like to this day, it's important for people on your team to make mistakes, to become better so they can learn. But then there's this other notion that if I make a lot of mistakes in practice, I'm not going to play. So then it's that constant like back and forth of, okay, what can I allow myself to try to 
get away with here while also maintaining this image that I'm this solid, like composed center back. Yeah. A good example. Like I could not play with my left foot and the only way to get better is repetition. Like it was so bad. I was scared. I mean, it wasn't that bad, but I didn't want to practice it so much. So like the coaches would be like, what is wrong with her left foot? We cannot put her on the field. You know what I mean? So there was just, it was, it's this weird, like paradox that you have to deal with. Yeah. Like, do you take the risk? Do you play the ball safe? Do you experience that that today? Still. All the time. I I even thought of it today during practice. There was like a little scuffle and I decided to turn backwards and take the ball backwards, which is something I have been trying so hard not to do. Today, I decided it's too crowded. Got to take the ball, go backwards. But in my head, as I was doing it, I had to convince myself that it was okay to go backwards and reset, play it safe, and that that was the better decision for the team versus me trying to make some crazy million dollar pass that I wasn't even like 65% sure would connect. So then I was just like, why don't we reset? And, and to convince myself, I was like, you know what, everyone like, let's reset. Let's get our shape. As I was turning back and playing it, convincing everyone that that was like a good decision. But then yeah, there's times yourself. where my coach will be like, wait, why'd you go backwards? But then there's times where someone will force something forwards. He's like, Oh, just keep it. I think it's just trusting. It's on a per player basis too. Like it's really how well they read the game, but it is, it's such an interesting concept. And that's why I think it's so hard. Yeah. I guess that just what ultimately separates like players. You did say something a couple of minutes ago. You said something about the word disguise with your teammates. And I have a question about this. If you're feeling a certain way while you're playing or at work where like your boss just like totally disapproved of something you did at work, do you show your team members at work or your teammates in college or your boss or your coach or do you hide it because if you show them does that make them then not trust you maybe they don't want to pass to you if you're looking shaky or is it something where we've been preaching vulnerability for the past six months to these listeners where it's like maybe you do let people know you're struggling at what point do you bottle it or at what point do you go home and shake it off and journal and move on to the next thing I've always been a really big advocate for being vulnerable when you make a mistake, owning up to it. I think that's really important. As soon as like a pass was my mistake after the play was over, hopefully if it didn't end in a goal, like I would always raise my hand because I'm like, okay, it's that. And same, same in the business world. If something comes up and it was my fault, like I'll be the first person to admit that to my teammates because I don't have that performance anxiety in the sports world, it truly is helpful for me. And it is like a growing stage for me when I make Mm -hmm. a mistake, because there's no anxiety around the next time it comes up, whether or not I'm going to fail. I, I automatically know that, no, it's like, I know how to do it now. I did it wrong the last time. Like there's just do it the right way this time. But in soccer, it was always like, well, I don't. And I think it's because in work, you can kind of control the outcome a little more than in soccer. Like you can't really control a lot that goes on in the game. Um, So I think, yeah, that's, that's kind of what it comes to. But it's interesting that I have two completely different types of reactions because my performance anxiety is present in one and then in the other, like it's just normal. Right. So (laughs) if you're with your performance anxiety one, which is soccer in college, what if you just played terrible for like two weeks straight and like 
Your coach was yelling at you. You had no confidence and you couldn't get a grip. Do you let anyone know you're struggling? Do you confide in a couple people? Do you let some of the younger players know? Does it change the way you lead or play? Do you fake it till you make it? Like, what do you do? I would probably have told my closest friends, like my closest teammates, who also, I mean, when you're on a team and if you're feeling that way, chances are there's someone else that has felt that way too. I think that's when you, you're kind of like at a crossroads. Like, do I fake it till I make it Mm -hmm. and just act nice? Do I shut down and just go to practice, but go through the motions? Or do I try everything I can to try to turn the situation around? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I feel like, like that solution C or suggestion C is the way to go. I think so. I think it's the most difficult way, but that's what you got to do. And whether that means finding a way to cope on your own or reaching out to a leader or a captain, I think that a lot of coaches in general have short fuses and, you know, short-term memory in terms of that type of stuff. And you got to move on. Just like in a game, if you mess up, you got to snap your fingers and move on. If you have a bad day, like training or whatever, or a bad game, I think you have to quickly go home and find a way to hit that reset button. And I think we've talked about this in other episodes, finding other passions or not letting things ruin your day, but it really is hard. It's something I go through often. If I'm playing bad, I'm like, this could either go where I bottle this up and kind of like go in my hole or do confide in your teammates or your roommates who are competing with you. What would you, let's say you were playing soccer today and you had a terrible practice and it was just like god awful you went and you were like i am in a slump because of how today went what's your first go to thing i wouldn't really want to talk to someone about it because i needed to i needed a distraction and i guess that's a good answer distraction mm, distraction is a great answer um but i mean it was constantly on my mind it affected everything i did i'm really not the best person to ask for this no, but you know because why in you soccer, are you're relatable that's why you are a great person to ask well, I just don't think I did it properly. Well, in that's college. what I'm saying. If you if you were doing it today, how <clears throat> would you change it? Like, what would you you learn? You obviously learned. So, what would you so tell me if, if he was, has, yeah. if yeah, or same with you. Like, if you had a bad game, I would just be like, "It's one day. Shake it off. It's one day. This is everything you've done up to this point for this team, which I like. I do for Bobby too. Like, this is how you've impacted them so positively, and it's one day. Who cares?" Let's just move on. Like, what are you having for dinner tonight? Like a little distraction. What I was trying to say is like, I literally could not get my performance anxiety thoughts out of my brain. If something like that happened, like Mm -hmm. I was just the prisoner, but for on the post-soccer side of things, like that's what I would and how I would handle it. Yeah. What do you do personally? I don't know. I mean, I'm the one that preaches find distractions, find other things to fulfill you, find a way to hit the reset button. But I'm also human and I definitely have slip ups too. Like there are days when I come home, minimal, minimal, because I feel like I have, I have a very good like mental headspace with it. But there are days I come home and I'm like, dang, I left with a sour taste in my mouth and I don't have any opportunity to change that sour taste until tomorrow. And it's hard. So how do you think about other things or find ways to fulfill yourself or distract yourself when you're just like, I can't redeem myself. I'm yeah. so hungry to redeem myself and I can't until tomorrow. Is that going to affect my sleep? Is that going to blah, blah, blah. And then you get in your head. And this, mm-hmm. I'm, this is so real. You can hear it in my voice. This yeah. is so real. 
for me. I so feel what it. What do you do? Yeah, I'm like sweating. I guess what would I do is use your suggestion. It's one day. It's not it, one like bad day doesn't define yeah. you as an athlete. Today was like not my best practice. So I'm sitting there. I'm like, okay, what do I do? I went to Target. I had to make a return, walked around the sunglasses section because I'm trying to find a new pair of sunglasses. So I was looking around to do something for me that had nothing to do with sports. And I was like, oh, this is fun. I'm, I'm living my life. I'm being a human being. And then I watched Shameless. I love Shameless. Sitting on the couch with my smoothie watching a show I love dearly. And then, yeah, I'm like doing things that I enjoy, that I get fulfillment out of. And it, yeah, is it helping? Absolutely. Am I super hungry to get to practice tomorrow? Yeah. I'm like, I want to go right now because I want to learn and I want to grow and I don't want to let it like fester in me. I want to like go out and prove to myself that I can fix mistakes, but I guess I just yeah. like, didn't have time today to do so. Does this make sense? Yeah. Where we're different is for you, that type of thinking and um, way of coping works for me that would turn into and did turn into these practices, these games, completely controlling my mood and my everyday life. Mm -hmm. For you, I think it comes from your competitive side. It just comes from this hunger that you have. And because you don't necessarily like deal with performance anxiety, you're just like, let's get to the next practice. Like I'm mad about the last one, but I'm ready to like prove my shit. The next practice, you're just like, let's go. You're like pumped up. Whereas for me, if I was in a situation, I had a bad practice, I'm terrified of the next practice. I'm terrified I'm going to make more mistakes. Mm. It makes me not want to go at all. And it makes me feel like if I make another mistake and if I have another day like this, I, it's going to kill me. Like that's how much I feared it. It wasn't something I could put into words mm. in the moment. It was just a feeling. Yeah. And I'm trying my best to describe it. And I have tried in the past, in past episodes. It's just so hard. It's this like impending doom that you are going to be vulnerable and it's going to suck and it's going to like, I don't know, embarrass you, ruin your life, all this stuff. Mm -hmm. I guess because I don't want to show up tomorrow and make mistakes because then it would be two weird days in a row, you know? So how do you not think about that then? What do you do? You just don't? The thought just doesn't pop into your head? Well, I'm obviously talking about it right now, so it's in my head clearly. But like, for example, tonight I'm going to do whatever. I'm going to take a shower clean out my room. I'm like super excited to do that. And you know what really helped me today? Snap hmm. out of it pretty quickly, which is shocking because I was in a pretty bad mood. Because um, of me? No, because of practice. Like, oh. I, I was like, I left like... I, I didn't know that. Meh today. Well, by the time you asked me how practice was, I, it was three hours gone. So I was fine. But you texted me and said just got out of double... Yeah. We had, that was, it was the earlier one. Oh, it was the first practice that you were pissed off about. Okay. Yeah. So by the time I got to practice number two, I was fine. Why was I fine? I zoomed out of the picture frame and was like, I actually wasn't that bad today. I just have been more consistent and it just wasn't my best day. But then I reminded myself, I'm like, you're not going to be at your very, very best for nine weeks in a row of preseason. Yeah. Like, give yourself 15 minutes. I'd take that. If someone told me before preseason started, you're going to be really good for nine weeks, but you're going to have like 15 minutes that you couldn't really like get it together. I'd be like, 
I'll take it, you know? And so if I kind of just like look at it that way, it's like pat yourself on the back for what you already have done. Actually, I just wrote a quote in my phone. I forget where I learned this. I was watching some TV show. What the hell was I watching? I don't even remember. Oh, I think it was This Is Us. Um, <laughs> the quote, I don't know if this has anything to do with this. It was, if you ever feel like you can't handle something, think about what you've already done. It was This mm-hmm. Is Us. But yeah, you have to just think like, okay, yeah, I can do this. Look at all the stuff I've done leading up to this. It's, it'll be fine. Also, zoom out of the picture frame in five years, in two years, in five months. Is this one little stint going to matter? I've played way worse than I did today. So it doesn't really define who I am as a person. It doesn't define who I am as a professional soccer player at all. Being able to do that and then bounce back and hit a reset button prevents you from getting in a slump. And hopefully someone can like listen to this and learn, like get rid of it before it becomes a thing. Because you don't want to self-sabotage. You don't want to get in your own head. You don't want to self-destruct. Like you said with Lindsay's episode, feel it, let it flow one day at a time. I really like that you said that and move on. This was, you, you literally covered like most of what I was saying. But the one thing I wrote is like, don't let it trickle into other areas of your life. Like if you have a bad day at work or a bad performance on the field in your sport, are you going to punish yourself and like not allow yourself to enjoy the other parts of your life just because and it doesn't really make sense. It's like, oh, I had a bad day at work, so I'm going to punish myself and sulk in my room and not hang out with my friends and not watch my favorite show and not eat that special dinner. It's like, why don't you do all of those other things that you would have done if you were in a better mood? Like, why are you punishing yourself on purpose? It just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, and I think like, it it's important to remember you're, like whatever it is that you're doing, whether it be like playing soccer in your job or whatever, just because you mess up there, it doesn't mean your entire being as a human is a failure. Like that, that's just one aspect of your life. There are so many other things that make up your life and what you care about and what you're passionate about. And once you kind of remind yourself, like this isn't just because I have sucked in this doesn't mean I'm a sucky human. Like it's really not a big deal. Say it and louder for the people in the back. I think... <laughs> How did you just sound like that? It sounded like you I had a megaphone. Like, <laughs> like, I, like did... <laughs> I wrote that down. I, I wrote it so small in my notes. You like hit the nail. You've been hitting the nails on the heads. I said, quote, my boss didn't like my work on that project versus my boss never likes my work. Just say, yeah, I suck today. I don't suck forever. You're having a bad day. You're acknowledging it. You're feeling it. You're going to watch a movie. You acknowledge tomorrow's mm-hmm. a new day. Like that's a, I think a fairly good response to having mm-hmm. a really bad day versus like I said, punishing yourself or, or not working hard. Like you can choose to respond, work as hard as you can. At least your head can hit the pillow and you're like, I did my best. And yeah. That, that's okay to like, that helps me, you know? Yeah. Or I was just like, I grew sorry, go on. like, it's just like the way you choose to yeah. respond to hardship or difficulty mentally might help you at least like sleep at night and then you can like restart fresh the next day I agree with that I interrupted you were you gonna say something well I was just gonna say this reminds me of something I kind of brought up today things have been pretty slow at work but once it hits April and that all the way through next January of 2022 like it's just craziness for me at my job it's the nature of my client and it's April in three days yeah so Yeah. So things are about to start picking up. And once they do, it's like no looking back. But right now, since I haven't had a lot of work to do, 
I'm not really used to that silence. And it always, it almost makes me feel like I'm being lazy and I'm not working towards like any goals or dreams of mine that I have for work. But I was just talking it out to Bobby. I was like, you know what? I am working my ass off all of these other months of the year. It's not that I'm not working my ass off now. It's just a little more laid back and I'm not used to it, but just take this time to really just like take your foot off the gas pedal and enjoy the quietness because you know, at some point it's going to ramp up and you're going to be back on track and you're going to have no time to worry even about some of these things. You know what I mean? So I just, I don't know. I'm, I'm bored, I guess. I just get in my head. I'm just like, oh my gosh, I'm not really doing a lot today. What am I doing to improve myself or further myself in my career? And it makes me anxious. And then I just remember like tomorrow I could get assigned three new creative projects and I'll be working 80 hours a week. (laughs) (laughs) No, not that much. I'd say live in the moment, take advantage of the time. Yeah. It's easy to tell someone else to not overthink. Meanwhile, I'm sitting here doing it for myself. So it's almost, it's so much easier to give advice to friends. Reminders are good. Yeah. Well, sometimes you got to, Give advice to yourself as if you're talking to a friend. Mm -hmm. It's crazy how much better your advice would be if you were talking to yourself. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So if I'm like feeling a certain way and I have a problem and I'm like, I can't snap out of it because X, Y, and Z, I should pretend it's a friend, write out a response to that friend and then literally read the same response and be like, oh, that was pretty logical. But sometimes your emotions. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's right. what clouds judgment. Mm-hmm. When your emotions are involved, it's that's why it's easier for a friend to look at objective point of view and kind of give you like a logical, real answer versus one that's like full of emotion. Yeah. But if you could try to do that with yourself, I've never done that before. <laughs> could be like kind of cool. That was what I was going for. I know. That's That's when I love. Like that I love when it's like that. Open Not conversations. That yeah, like yeah. really raw where I'm just like, mm, I don't really know what to say. Can I think about that for a second? But that's when you get the real authentic, relatable shit. It's Retweet. Cool. It's definitely it's cool. That's why I was like, this is I kept texting him like this is gonna be cool. But it's funny though, like what would you even say the topic of this discussion was? That's why I was like, I don't know what to even call this. It just kind of flowed everywhere, which is... Yeah. Well, I rather enjoyed that conversation. And I needed that because it helps yeah, me Yeah, I too. did too. You should chew gum next I just time. wasn't ready. No, because guess who has to edit it out? Me. Edit this out, watch. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I think that's our cue. <laughs> Sorry, that was funny. Bye! <laughs>